This is Making Stitches and this time we hear from Catherine from Catherine Crochets about her love of tapestry crochet and just how addictive it can be. I personally think it's a lot easier than patterns where you're having to change and do lots of fancy stitches and where where there's lots of variation um, in, in them, yeah. Well, that's very interesting to me. I think <laughs> it's something I've not done a lot of, okay. only when it's appeared in a wider pattern, like a blanket pattern, right. which is made up of lots of variety. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, maybe I need to have a little dabble myself <laughs> then. Try to start off perhaps with a small square or hexagon, and then you can see, grow see from if you there. like it. And put another one next to it and watch it grow and then you won't be able to stop. <laughs> I will hold you responsible. <laughs> yeah, sorry to your family. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and I'm sorry this episode has taken so long to appear. It should have been out six months ago, but unfortunately life rather got in the way of podcasting. I've put a post on my blog last weekend about some of the things that have been happening to explain my absence, so I won't repeat it here. You can find that at makingstitches.co.uk if you want to read it. Now back to Catherine of Catherine Crochets. I tempted you with this chat at the very end of 2022 and thank you very much for your patience having to wait six months for it to come out. Well, here it is now. Catherine is a South London-based crochet designer who specialises in tapestry crochet. For those who haven't heard of the technique before, it's a form of colour work in crochet where two or more colours are worked in a single row and you carry along the unused yarns behind as you go, which then means that you have less ends to sew in at the end, which is always a win in my book. Catherine designs beautiful geometric patterned blankets and cushions as well as other items too and some of her beautiful works are really reminiscent of the gorgeous tiles you see in southern Spain and in Moorish architecture. I think that may be why I was drawn to it after spending so long down in Gibraltar and being exposed to the fabulous interlocking patterns of the tiles there. Catherine first started crocheting just as she was about to give birth to her second child and it has become a big part of her life ever since. She's designed for yarn companies, magazines and had her work included in books too. Towards the end of last year her crochet work brought her up north and just down the road from me as she made an appearance as a guest designer at the Crochet Sanctuary at Cranage Hall in North Cheshire. I was lucky enough to be able to go along and meet her before her crochet session at the sanctuary. I don't know if you can hear the birds tweeting in the trees in the background, but uh, you find me in rural Cheshire today. I've come to Cranage Hall, um, which is just south of Manchester and is the venue for the Crochet Sanctuary Weekends. And that's because my guest for this episode is Catherine from Catherine Crochets and she is the guest designer for the November Crochet Sanctuary Weekend. And I just went along, popped along before she did her workshop to find out a little bit more about what she does and how she ended up doing it. Here's our chat now. Catherine. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> Lovely to meet you too. In such beautiful surroundings as well here in yeah, Cheshire. Yeah. Um, so you're here at the moment for the um, Crochet Sanctuary weekend. I am. You're yeah. the guest designer. Yeah. Um, I believe that's the first time you've done something like this. It is, yeah. Um, 
so it's very exciting and um yeah I'm looking forward to hosting the workshop later this afternoon so fingers crossed it all goes goes well <laughs> I'm sure it will <laughs> <laughs> they're a lovely bunch of, of ladies they are yeah really so, friendly yeah absolutely you'll be amongst friends so I'm sure it'll be wonderful <laughs> yeah now can I take you back to your um beginnings in crochet because I believe it's relatively recently um yeah it is really yeah um I did a tiny, tiny bit as a child. Um, I think I learned how to do a chain and that was about it. Um, I think there's a bit in the brownie handbook which tells you how to do it. And um, I asked my mum to show me and I did that, but didn't take it any further at all. And then, um, like so many people, it was after I'd had my, well, my second child actually, that... I'm not sure really why or where it came from. I think I'd seen actually some um, photos online of some gorgeous stripy crochet blankets that someone was making and selling and they were just in lots and lots of different random colours, just stripes, and um, she was making them and selling them for people to put um, over their children in their buggies. Mm. And I thought, wow, they look brilliant. I'd love to make something like that. And I think that was that was probably the initial spark that, that got me... Um, interested in having a go and I never actually did make a blanket like exactly like that <laughs> but um yeah mm, then the mind goes a bit blank to be honest but I think I must have looked up somewhere how to do it maybe I bought a book I think I bought a book and um yeah started from there really and um so that was probably about 20 17 2018 around about then yeah and just kept going <laughs> blimey so it's taken mm. you on quite a path then to, yeah. to lead you where you are today yeah absolutely yeah no but it's been really good to to have that that interest in it so portable and just fits really well around family life you can do it at any time and place it's it's really good mm. yeah it's funny you should say that actually it's it was when my my around about the time I was expecting my third child that crochet really came to me I'd done a little bit as a child but it never really amounted mm. to anything but knitting I found is really hard because you can have periods of time where you haven't got the time mm. with young children have you to, to actually pick it up and then your yeah. tension changes and mm. then the cardigan sleeve that you were working <laughs> on six months ago goes wonky yeah whereas yeah. you've only ever got one sort of loop on your hook at any one yeah. time so you can put it down and come yeah. back to it with crochet it's really easy to put down yeah mm. So at what stage then did you go from thinking about making a, a pram blanket mm. to properly designing? Um, well, the first design that I came up with was, um, it was a blanket called the Geo Georgie blanket, which it's a tapestry crochet blanket with different sections of sort of quite geometric patterns, as, as the name sort of suggests. So there's a, some triangles, some diamonds and some zigzags. And I'd seen some tapestry crochet in a picture online so much inspiration <laughs> comes from things like that I think it was a it was some small accessory it might have been a scarf or a hat or something like that and it had um just some very simple it looked ge geometric patterns with tapestry creation I thought well that looks looks like a fun technique um I could have a go at that and I had this idea for a blanket with different sections of different patterns and made it and it seemed to go down quite well so it just sort of snowballed from there really brilliant yeah and then you started publishing your own patterns yeah yeah so I published that one and yeah it went went quite well and then the next 
there was a couple of small cushions and then um, I released a pattern called the Midnight Diamond Blanket, which is squares um, made with tapestry crochet. And when you, they ha each square has a pattern on it, but when you join them together, the patterns kind of link up and it forms a bigger pattern over the whole blanket. And I was absolutely astounded at how popular that one was really. Um, it's just been incredible and people are still buying the pattern and enjoying making it today. I think I was talking to someone here about it last night and they were explaining one of the things they really like about it is how the the pattern spreads over the squares and that it sort of makes it quite addictive I think. You just want to add, make one more square to add to it and I think that when patterns have that addictive quality it really really helps um, people want to make them. So that was obviously an absolutely massive boost um, to my confidence how well that one's been and then I haven't really stopped <laughs> since then I think it takes so long to to I make everything myself as well especially blankets they do take a while to make so by the time I've finished one there's been plenty of time for me to have lots of other ideas for the for the next thing and it, it sometimes it's just hard choosing what what to work on on next I can well imagine mm. if you if your mind's just popping off with all this inspiration yeah, there's just never enough time in the day to yeah. crochet it all. <laughs> I think a lot of people will agree with that yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's a common problem <laughs> now your blankets that there is a look to mm. your blank you have a particular style yeah. uh, is that something that just kind of happened I think so yeah um to be honest I think yeah it's um not quite sure where it's come from I think some of them I think are more perhaps geometric than others some are a bit more perhaps curvy or botanical um but yeah it's I think some of the inspiration especially the idea of the patterns going across um the squares come from seeing patterns doing that in ceramic tiles um and then others are just well like I've got a blanket where we have hexagons each one's got a snowflake in it and that's just comes from snowflakes and thinking well a hexagon's obviously the perfect shape to put a, a snowflake in having six sides so yeah and then I've got one with fish so that was just a thought it'd be fun for children yeah it's a particular technique mm. isn't it which is kind of a level up from your basic blankets mm. what was it that kind of sparked off that idea to go down that route for you? um i think it was just seeing patterns on tiles and which are obviously made with two different colors and thinking well i could do that in crochet um and i think i just discovered tapestry crochet first before mosaic to be honest and that was why I use tapestry crochet for making the colorette patterns that I do I, um I, I do enjoy doing mosaic crochet as well I find it's a little bit thicker the mm. resulting um uh sort of fabric that you make and it's I don't know that it's ever double-sided so I quite like that with the blanket although there's def a definite front and back to it quite like that you know you can still see the pattern on the back some of them are exactly the same on both sides if you work it in rows going back and forth um but yeah some of the ones that are made like the squares then mm. you can tell which is the front of the back but you can still see the pattern mm. on both sides but I love mosaic crochet as well yeah <laughs> um it, your work seems quite mathematical mm. that's the right way to put it <laughs> is is that your background uh, I have a physics background, so yeah, quite ah. a mathematical background, yeah. Um, 
I do love maths, um, so I think that sort of perhaps comes out in in what I'm doing, yeah, and how things fit together, and yeah. And were mm. you uh, creative as a child? I always enjoyed crafts, arts and crafts. I remember doing a lot, and my friends were always really creative um, as well. We really enjoyed making things, and I remember in our teenage years, we'd always make our birthday cards to give to each other, and not always, but quite often we'd give each other handmade presents as well, all sorts of things. They could be papier-mâché or <laughs> sewing, all sorts of um, things. But I, I remember doing that as a child, so it's something I really enjoyed. And then I think as you, as I approached adulthood, you find less time and your interests shift a bit. So then it wasn't really until, yeah, having kids again, starting a family, I think it something about it can sometimes draws out your creative side again and wanting to make make something with your hands yeah mm. and do you ha- do any other crafts alongside your crochet or is there no time for that um, well <laughs> I have recently started doing a little bit of knitting um, it was that was I learned how to knit as a child but just very very basic then last winter I knitted a hat and enjoyed it and thought I'd like to do a bit more knitting and so this winter I've made I've just finished about a few weeks ago a jumper and I'm currently on knitting my first ever knitted sock oh wow (laughs) but I'm trying to limit myself to only have one knitting project on the go at once because I don't want it to take over and detract from the crochet um but I am really enjoying having that. It's nice to switch between hook and needles and doing something slightly different. So sometimes I just feel like doing a bit of knitting and it's nice to have something to pull out and, and work on. Yeah. I can imagine. And it must mm. be quite nice to, to work on something that you're not writing the pattern it, for. Absolutely. Just to give your yeah. brain a break, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Although some, at the moment, for me, with my level of knitting, I'm having to follow the patterns very closely. <laughs> and I'm watching lots of YouTube videos at every five minutes to figure out how to do each new step. <laughs> Thank goodness for YouTube. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so can I ask you what you're working on at the moment? Um, so crochet-wise, the current design um, I'm working on is a set of mittens. Well, mit- a mitten design in five sizes. Um, and... The- just um, about to send the pattern out to be tested and I'm hoping that that will come out in the next couple of weeks um, once it's been tested Um, and I've got an idea for a new blanket which I've just started working on um, and I'm still still liking the idea but the colours that I've started with aren't quite right so I'm going to have to try and start it again with some slightly different colours I think well one of them needs definitely needs changing Ah, how interesting (laughs) watch with interest yeah (laughs) it's a bit of a wintry design um so it's probably not the best time to be starting on it because by the time it's finished it's probably going to be spring but it's not too wintry so I don't know whether I'll hold back and wait until next autumn to release it or not we'll see (laughs) I can imagine that's quite hard if you if you're season working seasonally and having to work on things out of season I'm really bad at that I think that's something I definitely need to get better at because I tend to be inspired by the current season but that's too late if you're making something um 
for that season. Luckily with mittens, they're quite small, but it, I've really tried hard to think I really want to get this pattern out before Christmas. <laughs> Not that January would be terrible for mittens, but um, to try and make the most of, of it being available over the winter. Um, but yeah, I think, especially with blankets, if you're doing a seasonal blanket, you really need to, I really need to think about it a lot more in advance. Lots of my design, designs aren't really seasonal though, so that helps, I can just do them whenever I want but if I have a yeah like you say a seasonal design it's um I don't know you either need to just release it out of season and uh, and hope for the best and boost it again (laughs) (laughs) when it comes around again yeah or um or or hold back and wait yeah but it's hard when you've got something you just want to get it out there I can Um, imagine yeah Yeah. because you're you're full of enthusiasm for the thing you've just made aren't you yeah So when you when you taking you back to when you first started designing mm. and obviously you you public you self published your pattern, mm. what was it like then moving to the next step and actually designing for for magazines and and other organisations? Um, that was that was exciting. It it was wasn't too um, difficult initially. So I think I contacted a few of the crochet magazines um, to see ask sort of how it how it works, and some of them had sort of on their website people to contact or forms to fill in and I I, I think probably because I'm just such was such a new designer I only heard back from one of them but straight away they were just happy to put me on their mailing list for call outs so I started receiving the call outs for submissions every quarter with the with the theme and submitted so the first one that I submitted to a magazine was um, the snowflake design I mentioned earlier in the hexagons the snowstorm blanket and they said, yeah, we love it. We'd like to publish that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that started it. So I had a flurry then of a run of maybe six or seven, sort of spaced out every three months or so. so it, probably not quite seven, maybe five or six patterns in, in magazines. Um, I haven't done so more, done any recently, though. Um, I've just not not got round to making making this, the, um, the submissions and... Um, it, I think I'm enjoying at the moment just working freely to my own schedule and doing the designs that I want to do. Um, then I also, uh, last year, was it earlier this year? I think it came out earlier this year. Um, I had a few designs of crochet tiles, they were called crochet motifs, in a book called 100 Crochet Tiles, which was had lots and lots of designers contributing to it. So I was approached asked if I'd like to contribute some designs to that the previous summer um, and said yes straight away <laughs> uh, and then scratched my head and came up with five different square and hexagon designs to go in the book so that was quite good fun and that was um, I just had to make single squares and hexagons so that was um, rather than the whole a whole blanket so one it was fun playing around and coming up with the designs and not to, there wasn't a big time consuming making a whole whole project from them afterwards. So that was that was really good to do that. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you find getting suggestions from people to design for you actually sparks your inspiration then and takes you off on a different yeah. route that yeah. you wouldn't Some, have thought sometimes of? Sometimes it can, yeah. I think with the, with the tiles, that was very, um, for the book, that was very just anything square or hexagon really and sort of tile themed but I think you can put almost anything on on a tile can't you yeah. so as long as it's got some sort of pattern on it um but when when I'm submitting 
to a magazine, they send you a mood board with the theme for that particular issue. And sometimes it's got examples of other crochet or knitted items on it. And sometimes it's just pictures of nature or locations or cups of coffee or just other things to inspire you. So that always seems it's hard not to look at those sorts of images and have them not trigger trigger ideas in, in your mind <laughs> as to what you might want to make. Yeah. That's, that's mm. really interesting to know, actually, because I guess mm. I, I imagine that as a designer, you have your own kind of route that you expect to go mm. down. But then if you get suggestions from elsewhere, it will spark off other yeah. ideas. And yeah. like you said, there aren't enough hours in the day. Then no, I think the ideas just come from anywhere at any time, really. Yeah. Mm. That's fabulous. Mm. Now, um, but for somebody who's not ever attempted your style of crochet, mm. it, it does look... Um, quite complicated it does yeah um, and I think some people are quite wary of trying it but it honestly isn't that difficult <laughs> I know I would say that <laughs> wouldn't I but I really don't think it is because it's when you're doing tapestry crochet pretty much always you're always using the same stitch the whole time just simple it could be UK treble UK half treble UK double crochet but it's just going to be generally basic stitches a few of my more recent designs I've started doing perhaps like treble two together and then putting two in the next stitch which I quite like the effect that gives when for sort of a smoother outline on um, on your color changes but to be honest that's as complicated as it gets and then the rest of it is literally just counting how many you do in one colour before you switch to the next colour. So if you can, most of my designs, not quite all, some of them don't lend themselves to it, but most of them come with a chart, say, of squares in different colours, so you can see what colour each stitch is you're supposed to be doing. And so it's a bit like following a cross-stitch chart, really, and just filling in each, making each stitch with the appropriate colour, sort of filling it in as you go. So I think once you get the hang of it, it's not, um, it really isn't as hard as, as, or daunting as it, as it might look. And I th personally think it's a lot easier than patterns where you're having to change and do lots of fancy stitches and, um, and, uh, and, and it, where, where there's lots of variation um, in, in them, yeah. Well, that's very interesting to hear. I think <laughs> it's something I've not done a lot of, okay. only when it's appeared in, in, mm. a, in a wider pack, like a blanket pattern, right. which is made up of lots of variety. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, maybe I need to have a little dabble myself <laughs> then. Try to start off perhaps with a small square or hexagon, and then you can see, grow see from if you there. like it. And put another one next to it and watch it grow, and then you won't be able to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I will hold you responsible. <laughs> yeah, sorry to your family. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, well, it's been lovely to meet you, Catherine. You thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for asking me. And uh, good luck with your workshop this thank afternoon. Thank you. Thank you again to Catherine for speaking to me for making stitches and apologies again for taking so long to get this out to you. My thanks also to Lisa and Linda Rose at the Crochet Sanctuary for allowing me to gate crash on that Saturday morning. Now this episode was due to be the last episode of the series and indeed it is. As things have changed for me so much since I last spoke to you, I'm having to change the way I podcast and how regularly I podcast too. For now, I'm unable to release a series at a time. I'll be putting out standalone episodes as and when they're ready. I know that's less than ideal, but I hope you understand that's all I can manage at the moment. If you continue to follow Making Stitches on your podcast app of choice and on social media, you shouldn't miss out on any future episodes when they arrive. 
Something the last few months have taught me is the need to be flexible, patient and just do the best you can. And that's what I'll endeavour to do. Thank you for listening and for all your support this far. Until next time, take care and enjoy your crafting.